From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for tuning in and making us part of your day. Well, coming up. What is the answer that we're seeing in these last few days from Joe Biden? Again, continuing to run out the clock, not bringing serious ideas to the table, but actually bringing in new ideas that are non-starters. That was House Majority Leader Steve Scalise indicating the sides are still far apart in the negotiations over a debt ceiling increase. I'm told, though, that Republicans are remaining firm in their demand for greater fiscal restraint in exchange for a debt ceiling increase, even as the deadline looms. We'll talk with Texas Congressman Michael Cloud, a member of the House Appropriations Committee, in just a moment. Also, Democrat Congressman Jerry Nadler of New York accused Republicans of fear-mongering on the border issue. In the weeks leading up to Title 42's expiration, they stoked fears that we would see chaos and massive numbers of migrants crossing at the border. And yet, what happened? Thanks to the policies put in place by the Biden administration, the numbers at the border dropped by, dropped by 70% following the expiration of Title 42. But the fear-mongering continues. Well, being an expert on fear-mongering, he should know. But he left out a few important facts, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yesterday, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman joined us from Geneva, Switzerland, to sound the alarm over the World Health Organization's unprecedented global power grab. Members of Congress are also sounding the alarm. Article 4 pays lip service to sovereignty and then completely overcomes that lip service by saying, quote, provided that activities within their jurisdiction or control do not cause damage to their people in other countries, which empowers WHO to step in and prescribe what each country would do. That was Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey. He joins us a little later to explain why this is an unprecedented threat to freedom that must be stopped. And for those who follow the science, it is leading away from the chemical and surgical experimentation that is being done on minors under the deceptive title of gender-affirming care. FRC's Dr. Jennifer Bowens is here later to explain. And woke retailers are being robbed blind by the lawlessness that their deconstruction of morality and law has created. Target which gave millions of dollars, by the way, to organizations aligned with Black Lives Matter after they and Antifa-inspired rioting and looting in uh, at least 68 cities across the country in the summer of 2020, is now lamenting to shareholders that they will take a $1.3 billion hit from from theft. Now, that's just in the lawless category. They were also the first retailer to open their women's dressing rooms to men. Now they're peddling a line of pride wear for babies. Heidi St. John's of Mom Strong International joins me later for that conversation. Our word for today comes from Zechariah 4, verse 6. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now for for 15 years, construction on the temple had stopped because of organized opposition. The prophet Zechariah had challenged the people to put God first and get back to work. Zerubbabel, the civil leader tasked with leading the building project, was probably saying, I've tried everything and I can't get it done. The Lord said, well, you're right. It will not be by your mental, physical, or moral strength. 
you need to rely on the never-ending, all-powerful source, the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus' final words to his disciples were these, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. What was that power from on high? The Holy Spirit. That's the key to our power. For more information on how you can join our journey through the Bible, go to TonyPerkins.com. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy left his 90-minute meeting with President Biden yesterday, describing it as productive. But less than 24 hours later, key GOP negotiators report that today's talks have faltered. I'm told from uh, those involved that the two sides are far, far apart. Now, the Democratic negotiators are insisting on increased spending levels. Question is, will Republicans hold firm on demanding greater fiscal restraint even as this deadline looms? Joining me now to discuss this at Morris Congressman Michael Cloud. He serves on the House Appropriations Committee. He represents the 27th Congressional District of Texas. Congressman Cloud, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you. Good to be with you again. Good to see you as well. So Speaker McCarthy sounded encouraged after yesterday's meeting, but things appear to uh, have kind of gotten off the tracks today. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, uh, the fact that they're talking now, the White House, after months and months of saying they're not going to negotiate, there's, you know, all they're going to settle for is a clean debt ceiling, that is good in the sense that they're talking now. But they still want to raise how much money we're spending each and every year. They want to fund that by taxing Americans more and more money. And it's the continuation of the same thing we've seen that have led to $31 trillion in debt. We're saying, no, we, we're going to put this country on the right path. We're going to restrain our fiscal spending, the same thing every family's had to do uh, with massive inflation and the, the hard economic times we've seen uh, recently. You know, so we're saying, hey, let's get back to, you know, we've had a lot of mission creep over the last few decades. We have many agencies doing things that are well beyond their scope. Let's get this government back in check. Let's get this government back to doing the core functions of good governance and uh, put this country back on a path of fiscal responsibility. I'm happy to see the speaker holding the line on that. So, Michael, I spoke to some of your colleagues about the conference meeting this morning that took place where there was discussions. It it sounded pretty uh, encouraging that the Republicans are standing firm, solid, uh, in mm-hmm. demanding that uh, there be fiscal restraint from government. But what was your take on the meeting? Very much so. You know, we are understanding that our, our country is in a very critical position. You, you study the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We cannot continue this path and continue to expect to be uh, the to enjoy the prosperity we've enjoyed, to enjoy the liberties we've enjoyed and to be that shining city on the hill that that benefit we've been to the whole world. Uh, we need to. We need to get our fiscal house in order. That's one of the biggest national security issues that we're facing right now. We need to those uh, the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act that wasn't a really about inflation. Those provisions. Part of this deal is rescinding many of those provisions that will completely skew how our economy works and and really play into China's hands. That's an important part of this. And then the sensible things like let's you know we're done with COVID. Let's bring back that COVID spending. Let's not hire an army of IRS agents to go after the American people. You know, many of the provisions that the, the Dems are fighting for right now go to help the, the top 10 percent in, in our country. And we've got to, you know, we're here to protect the people. We're here to protect and, and grow a middle class to get this country and this economy growing again uh, and to make sure that our freedoms and our liberties are preserved for the next generation. So, Congressman Cloud, I know you've been very focused on the, the border issue being from the state of Texas 
Um, Is the border issue going to find its way into this debt limit deal? I'd certainly like to see it. You know, we passed H.R. 2. Uh, It'd be the strongest border bill passed. If if we're able to get it, we pass it through the House. We need to get it through the Senate. I've been vying for and many other members have saying, hey, uh, we need to marry these two together and uh, not not be, you know, many people will will come down the steps and they'll be like, what are y'all willing to give? And we're like, we've already passed our bill. (laughs) We're not looking to give. We're looking for the White House to do their job. We're looking for the Senate to do their job. And if anything, we're looking to up the ante because we've got to secure our border. This is all about protecting the American people. This is all about ensuring we have safe borders, ensuring our communities can thrive. And what's going on at the border is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, we can go on and on. We know about the fentanyl deaths. We know about the crimes that are happening, you know, and the fact that this administration has been finding every loophole they can to uh, obfuscate the clear intent of the law uh, and it, it only benefits the cartels and hurts the families in, in our country. The fact that this administration has been so intent in that is very disturbing. I played a clip earlier of uh, Congressman Jerry Nadler uh, in a subcommittee hearing today on the border. I'm going to play that clip again and get you to respond to that. In the weeks leading up to Title 42's expiration, they stoked fears that we would see chaos and massive numbers of migrants crossing at the border. And yet, what happened? Thanks to the policies put in place by the Biden administration, the numbers at the border dropped by dropped by 70 percent following the expiration of Title 42. But the fear mongering continues. Now, before you respond, to that, I got I've got a, a graphic that shows that tracks border encounters. And if you look at the, the actual numbers in the last year of the Trump administration, uh, you, you see where they're at. They're at historic lows. They, they, they reach this historic high, and then they drop after this Title 42 to still what would be considered historically as a, a tremendous high. And they're like claiming, oh, we've, our policies have reduced it. I mean, this is, this is yeah. insane. It's the constant redefining of definitions that we see coming from this White House to move their agenda forward. We remember when gas prices almost doubled and then it went down a penny and they're like, look at this great thing we've accomplished. <laughs> and it, it's it was just ridiculous. Uh, the same thing's going at the border. They have policies that have driven a massive influx into the border. And remember, when they're talking about encounters at the border, uh, there's also the the gotaways there's right. a known gotaways and then the unknown gotaways so there's a lot of numbers there and they've done things like remove area stats that give us eyes on of what's really happening in the border there's a lot of things they've gone around to kind of fiddle with the numbers so to speak so that we don't know if we're getting a clear you know the the numbers we're getting today isn't necessarily the same uh, context of numbers we were getting before they keep playing those kind of shell games uh, with what's going on instead of doing what they can to really secure the border. Uh, and, and again, it, it's devastating. You know, the communities right. are going across the border. I, I got photos from a sheriff last week of, of the people coming across the border. Some of them, there's a whole group of very mil- they, they looked like a special forces unit, to be honest, military young, a military aged young men at the border from other countries, not from our hemisphere. I'll just say uh, coming through our border into our country and being released. Amazing. Uh, just give one number. This is from comparing March and April of 2019, which was the last year of the Trump administration. And and I had actually been at the border there. That's when this, the Remain in Mexico policy was in place. The mm-hmm. total encounters that month was 
62,353. Well, you fast forward to this past March in April, total encounters was 515,386. I mean, it, they don't yeah. even compare. And, and they're it, claiming it, that their policies are working? Exactly. And we, we all remember the crocodile tears from the left, the alleged kids in cages that Obama really built that they were trying to blame on Trump. Right now, they've lost somewhere like 80,000 kids that they don't know where they are uh, in our country, migrants who've come here that they're supposed to be tracking. Many of them probably handed off to cartel members because we're not doing any sort of DNA testing anymore or tracking to figure out or any sort of vetting process. Uh, and they, they don't know where they are. And, and where's the outrage that we saw? You know, so it lets you know where, you know, many of the, uh, the faux compassion talking points we hear coming from the left. It's all about just moving their political agenda forward. We want to secure our communities. We want America to be strong so we can continue to be a, a positive influence for the world, to be that shining city on a hill. And, and that's really uh, the compassionate stance. Right. That's what goodness is. But it, it, and it's the very thing that attracts people to this country. It's a basis of law that makes it an orderly society. You lose that when you violate and ignore the law. Congressman Michael Cloud, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to uh, to join us today. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Uh, Congressman Michael Cloud of Texas. All right. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith as we take another look at the WHO that is meeting in Geneva, Switzerland this week. Now, this is one of those things that, you know, people think, oh, well, this kind of stuff happens all the time. This is a massive, unprecedented power grab by this UN body. We're going to talk about it next. Don't go away. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipled their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org.
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman joined me on the program yesterday from Geneva, Switzerland, where she's attending the World Health Assembly. Now, she raised the alarm about the World Health Organization's ongoing attempt at a power grab through a proposed treaty or accord that would transfer control over its 194 member nations to this international bureaucracy. So there's really two things that's uh, ongoing there. Uh, she talked about yesterday, there's this uh, pandemic accord, which will take effect, will be voted on, put into place in May of next year. But the, the train is uh, moving fast down that track. And then there's the, the 2005 rules that are being amended, about some 300 amendments, which would essentially have the same power, give the WHO the same powers. Well, members of Congress have taken notice and are now calling on the U.S. to withdraw from the World Health Organization altogether. Join me now to discuss this, Congressman Chris Smith, who is leading the congressional effort to clarify what's going on uh, with uh, the WHO and others. He serves on the House Committee on Foreign Affairs. He is the co-chair of the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission and the chair of the House Global Human Rights and International Organization Subcommittee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of New Jersey, Congressman Smith, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Tony, thank you very much, and thanks for teeing up this extraordinarily important issue for your viewers. It, is, it, is, it could be catastrophic for sovereignty uh, and, and a host of other issues, which I'll gladly get into. But well, I, I figured you would be the best to provide context here because you've, you've been in Congress for some time and you've seen how these international agencies work. This is unprecedented. We've not seen this type of global power grab before. Uh, it, is, it is truly unprecedented. And the idea is to, and I have the treaty, at least one of the proposals, it's not finished yet, uh, right in front of me. And Article 4 uh, takes away sovereignty while paying lip service to sovereignty. But then it says that activities within their jurisdiction, that it would be like the United States of America, uh, that causes damage to their peoples and countries would uh, empower the WHO, the World Health Organization, to step in. So you would have unelected bureaucrats based out of Geneva, and Dr. Tedros, who is the head of that, uh, was put in his job by Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. He would be in charge by treaty obligation that would be obligatory uh, to uh, follow what they tell us to do. And then we would have to provide 
uh, uh, commodities, uh, 20% of our medical supplies uh, would have to go to WHO when they demanded it. So it's, it's, it's something like I've never seen. They've also embedded universal health coverage. And right now in Geneva, there are discussions going on whether or not HR, um, uh, uh, SRHR, Sexual and Reproductive Health and Rights, should be included in universal health coverage, which obviously Tedros and all the others believe it should. He did a big meeting the other day, April 24th, Tony, uh, and he had some 600-plus civil society organizations, and he said, we look to the CSOs, and that's all these pro-abortion groups, to hold WHO global, regional, and county offices accountable to deliver sexual and reproductive health and rights for everyone, everywhere. So they're trying to put abortion and the entire LGBTQ uh, agenda into the WHO and into this so-called pandemic treaty. And the other thing is that it wouldn't be, according to what Biden wants to do, it wouldn't be ratified by the United States Senate. It would be similar to what he did with the agreement with Iran on nuclear weapons and on nuclear material. And that is an executive agreement, a handy little thing that just bypasses the U.S. Senate and Congress uh, as a whole uh, when it comes to this treaty. And it's obligatory. It says right here uh, in the preamble, uh, it would be binding on every country of the world. So it's a very serious attempt uh, to undermine sovereignty and to promote an agenda that is antithetical to most Americans. So, so Congressman Smith, let me break that down just a little bit. Uh, sure. It threatens U.S. sovereignty, but that would include the 50 states. So if you oh, sure. live if you live in a, a red state and you think you're protected from the long arm of the federal government, you're wrong, uh, because through this accord, they would have the ability to reach into the states, even into local jurisdictions, would they not? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, treaty obligations and treaty law uh, supersedes, um, you know, a, a other law. It is it is very, very powerful. Uh, and this would be construed to be a treaty by the Biden administration and by the World Health Organization. I can't imagine Americans wanting to see our ability to make health care decisions to a group of unelected bureaucrats, many of whom have the ultra, ultra progressive left agenda. Like I said, they're trying to impose abortion on demand on every one of us. Biden wants to do that. We know that. But there, there is a large number of Americans in pro-life states right now, like Texas and Florida, uh, that have stood up very mightily for their unborn children. Uh, they're looking to overcome that by treaty obligation. So it's not finished. Hopefully countries, especially the Africans, who have been uh, our best allies in pushing back on this. And again, they use COVID-19 and the pandemic uh, as the prerequisite. Uh, you know, this is somehow all about pandemics. Well, what is universal health coverage doing in the treaty? Where, where, where is that a right? A, that, that, uh, that's a, that's issue. an important point that this is not just about another covid pandemic that that's sweeps right. the world. This gives them the ability to declare an emergency, whether it be over, as you say, they use reproductive health, whether it's over abortion or the LGBTQ transgender surgeries. They can declare that an emergency that would usurp the laws of uh, the states, the 18 states here in the United States that are protecting minors against this experimental surgeries, would it not? I believe it would. It's not totally clear in this draft. Uh, they're looking, as you pointed out in your opening, you know, it's not done. My hope is that it will never be done in this form. Uh, and again, the Africans who have spoken out at the World Health Assembly, which is meeting right now, 
and their executive committee meets right after that. Then they're meeting again a few months later. Uh, they're on a tear to get this done quickly. Uh, and again, Dr. Tedros, uh, who, you know, talk about health. They even say that all lives need to be included. Well, they don't include the unborn children. Those yeah. lives are expressly excluded by everything the WHO does uh, and UN agencies. Well, Congressman Chris Smith, we're, we're out of time for this segment, but this is something we're going to continue to talk about. And, and Tony, I'm going to do a hearing on it very shortly, so hopefully we'll bring some additional light scrutiny to it uh, in the Congress. Looking forward to that. We, uh, we'll, we'll be covering that. Congressman Chris Smith, always great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Tony, thank you so much. Well, folks, uh, we will continue to track this and get the developments this week, but this is going to be a year-long process. Hopefully within the next six months, we can get the U.S. Congress, the House, under Republican leadership to take action. All right, don't go away. Dr. Jennifer Bowen joins me next to talk about those who are following the science. That's next. Don't go away. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. By the way, uh, if you'd like to see Congress act on this issue of the WHO, the World Health Organization, we have a petition, and we're going to be delivering that to the leadership in the House to get them to, to take a strong stand on getting the United States out of the World Health Organization before it's too late. Simply text WHO, WHO to 67742. 67742, the word WHO, you can sign the petition, or you can go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. For those who follow the science, it is leading them away 
from the chemical and surgical experimentation that is being done on minors under the deceptive title of gender-affirming care. In fact, the United Kingdom, France, Finland, Norway, Australia, and Sweden, none of which are strongly conservative nations, have all stepped back from the transgender craze. And 18 states here in the U.S. have done the same. Joining me now to discuss this is Dr. Jennifer Mowens, the director of the Center for Family Studies here at the Family Research Council. She also testified before several state legislatures in support of legislation that would protect children by ensuring they are not rushed into irreversible and lifelong damaging gender transition procedures. Uh, Dr. Bowens, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always great to see you. It's good to be back with you, Tony. Now, earlier this year, Norway announced uh, that they were um, stepping away from this issue of embracing transgender uh, surgeries and chemical treatments for children. Why? Right. Um, like you said, it's uh, it's encouraging to hear about people fo- following the science. Um, one of the things that they said was we can no longer call this evidence-based care. And then, too, they said there's, there's this curious trend about uh, young women who are suddenly identifying after, as transgender after puberty. And, you know, this isn't new for those of us who've been following this or, um, you know, testifying on this. Uh, these are the things that we've been raising for some time. So it's nice to actually see people who are doing scientific reviews say the same thing. So um, that raises and, a question when we see these European countries that I listed, uh, in, in countries that are not known as being bastions of conservatism, that they're stepping back from this at the same time that we have here in the United States. We have not only, you know, the Biden administration, which is driven by political ideologues, but you've got medical associations here in the United States doing the same. Why? Yeah, I, you know, I think that a lot of these organizations and, and including our own government in the U.S., they are dependent on us trusting what the science tells us. So in other words, whatever they want to dictate to us, um, you know, as long as they have a peer reviewed publication that they can throw around with some kind of statistical significance, then that means, um, then their point is proven. But, I think what our listeners need to know is that when when these organizations like um, the World Pro- um, Professional Organization or Association for Transgender Health, when they say or or the AMA, the American Medical Association, when they say that they're uh, using evidence based care, it's important to know what they mean by that. So when I used to teach evidence based practice, one of the things that we would tell we were instructed to tell students is that um, one of the factors that we're going to look at is if if we don't have good science, basically we use the best available science. So these organizations are supported are supporting mutilation of children based on the idea of consensus. So they get in a room together, they all know each other, they're all doing the same work to promote transgender supposed health and they vote on these practices so that so then they turn around to the public and they say well we are using evidence-based care and in the u.s we take it a step further and say that the science is settled when 
you know, that can't stand for very long because you're going to start seeing things unravel. You're going to start seeing the, the, you know, we're seeing people who have detransitioned come out and speak against the harms. So, you know, when you when you operate off of that paradigm of of, well, we're all going to get together and, you know, this is making a lot of money and it's fitting a certain agenda. And so we're going to say, yes, this is this is the best practice. Now, but at the <laughs> same really... time, are, are they not trying to kind of suppress uh, legitimate research that's being done, trying to make sure that they're not challenged? Absolutely. Um, and this this happens a lot, especially in the psychological fields where there's a huge lobby behind uh, the research that, for one, it's it's not even that they have to suppress it. There's a whole system at play that keeps um, keeps a narrative or any kind of research out of the conversation that doesn't fit the the normative narrative or the accepted yeah. narrative. Um, and this is a huge problem in, in the academy. It's a huge problem with the grants that are given from our government to these institutions. That just becomes a, a big loop, a big right. feedback loop. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for today, but it would, it would look to me that kind of an encouraging sign is that it's already unraveling. That's why you have all of these nations stepping back. You've had 18 states here, many of them just this year taking this step, despite the media, despite the testimony of these so-called medical groups. So common sense right now seems to be uh, winning out, at least uh, for now. We'll continue to pray and, uh, and work. Dr. Jennifer Bowen, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Good to be with you, Tony. All right. Well, we're going to continue to track that. Well, retail giant Target has uh, stepped into their own Bud Light moment. But denying truth is part of a larger problem that we're seeing throughout our society. We're going to talk about the cost of that next. Don't go away. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND. 
and to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you uh, with us on this Tuesday. Right, the CEO of Target announced last week that he expects his stores to take a beating, uh, a loss of about $1.3 billion in stolen merchandise. Now, this is an increase over $500 million from a year ago. Um, it, what, what's interesting here is that these woke corporations, they're not the only one. Uh, Walmart, um, even Home Depot, complaining about uh, this, this lawlessness that's robbing them blind. But you know what? These are some of the same corporations that have been pushing woke policies that have been deconstructing morality and law. I mean, in the wake of the George Floyd killing in Minneapolis, many of these corporations gave millions of dollars to organizations aligned with Black Lives Matter uh, and, and others that led to the the rioting that hit about 68 cities across this country, they've been fueling the lawlessness. And now they're wondering, why are people stealing? I, I tell you what, I don't even go into these places anymore where you have to have to stand in line to, to talk to a clerk to be able to get a tube of toothpaste. This is crazy. I'd rather order it online. But this is what they're, the, they're creating this environment. But that's not all. That's not all. That's the the lawless aspect, but the deconstruction of morality is something that Target is so good at. They were the first, remember? They were the first to open women's changing rooms to biological men who were masquerading as women. Now, they've taken it a step further. The, real, the retail giant has now come under fire for its massive June Pride Month displays already popping up in stores. Now, the stores are also promoting transgender clothing targeting children. This includes what I'll call tucking and binding features that conceal gender traits. Now, on the screen, if you're watching, this is actually for babies. 
They have LGBT pride clothing for babies. This is not grooming. This is not indoctrination. You know, I haven't stepped inside of a Target store in, I can't tell you how long, a long time. Because they've been bad for a long time. But you know what? What gets me is they're now complaining about the lawlessness that is robbing them blind that they're responsible for. They are the ones that have been leading this systematic deconstruction of morality and fostering lawlessness. Well, joining me now to discuss this is author and speaker Heidi St. John of MomStrong International. Heidi, welcome to Washington Watch. Great to see you. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, I know you're at uh, National Religious Broadcasters uh, in Florida. That's right. I've been podcasting from the floor here all day long. The energy is just, it's electric here. It's really an awesome opportunity to see what God's doing in the broadcast community. And I know you're going to be, uh, you're going to be streaming on Real Life uh, with uh, the new kind of uh, over OTT product that's being put out by our good friend Jack Hibbs. So you're, one of your, prog- your programs is going to be on there as well. So uh, look forward to our folks being able to tune into that. You've been talking a lot about the situation at Target, you know, and I kind of gave a little information. What what would you add to what I had to say? Well, I think it's time for the American consumer who hates this stuff and hates what Target is promoting to start putting their money where their values are. Target's not going to get the message unless we bud light them. Target's not going to get the message unless uh, people of faith all over this country and people of conscience. I mean, you pointed it out a few minutes ago. They are literally going after our children. We're talking about infants here. We're talking about school-age children, and they're promoting an ideology that is both damaging and wicked on its face. And so I'd like to see the American consumer. I'm with you. I haven't been to Target in years. Listen, I'm the mother of five daughters. And the moment Target came out years ago and said that they are opening their bathrooms up to gender nonconforming persons and the non-binary and the lie of transgenderism, listen, I was out at that point. I'm not going to allow my kids to go into a store that willfully puts their safety at risk. And that's exactly what Target's been doing, as you rightly pointed out, for several years. Now, when they were trying to brace their shareholders for this uh, big hit that they were taking, I'll have to tell you, I wasn't reaching for the tissues. I don't feel sorry for them at all. Um, They have created, and, and they're not alone. They're not alone. There are other major retailers that are pandering to this law, spirit of lawlessness that is already present and is only growing as we retreat from engaging it. And, and I don't feel sorry for him at all. Uh, I'm not a shareholder, not a stockholder, don't plan on being one. Uh, but, and and I, I don't celebrate lawlessness, but they're the, they are the reason. They are a big part of the reason that we see the lawlessness that we do in this country. Yes, that's right. And you said a buzzword that I think it's important for your audience to have embedded in their conscience, and that's the word retreat. For many, many generations now, the church has been told that we should exist behind the four walls of our churches. We've been told it was the gospel or politics, the gospel or education, the gospel or entertainment. And I'd like to see us get back to the gospel and. It should be the gospel and politics, the gospel and our shopping experiences. Our belief 
beliefs and our faith should be the power that that goes behind the decisions that we make. And instead of retreating, I'd like to see us advance. We've got an opportunity to do that right now by simply withholding our money from these corporations that are dead set against uh, our values, and they want to push it onto our children. They're not hiding these displays in the back of their stores. They're the first thing you see when you walk into Target right now. Right. Well, uh, Heidi, to your point, Paul told the Corinthians, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. So how you shop, where you spend your money, everything we have as as followers of Christ, we have to recognize everything we have is given to us by God. We're, we're stewards of what we've been entrusted with. And you have to ask the question, would God be pleased with you giving your money to an organization that is promoting the transgenderism of our children, the transgendering of our children, and is fostering this spirit of lawlessness that Paul said we already know is here, but it's the church that's keeping it in check. But that means we have to engage the Holy Spirit within believers, keeping this spirit of lawlessness in check. Yeah, that's right. And we've been charged with that, right? The Apostle Paul told us that this is not a flesh and blood adversary. We are literally dealing with the spirit of the age right now. And a lot of these corporations who are under this demonic, I'm sorry, but that's what it is, a demonic influence that would seek to poison the minds of our young people to get them to question their gender. We're watching stories now coming out from the detransition community and their heartbreaking stories of kids who have been lied to and deceived from the time they were very very young. I spoke uh, on this issue about eight years ago in Indianapolis, and I met a young mother whose son had been part of the Indianapolis Unified School District. And in kindergarten, they read him a story called Worm Loves Worm about two androgynous worms. It's a very confusing, although beautifully illustrated children's book. And by the time that uh, the end of that book comes, these worms had traded places. One of them, they got married. One was wearing a top hat and a wedding dress. The other one was wearing a veil and a tuxedo. It was very confusing. And by the time her son was in the third grade, uh, no less than four of his classmates had decided that they were born in the wrong body. If the church can't be at the front of this conversation, I don't know who should be. This is the responsibility of God's people. We know that God made us in his image, male and female, because God decreed that it would be so. In just a moment, you mentioned uh, Bud Light. I'm wondering if this is a Bud Light moment for Target, and if we're in a new time when people are more engaged and willing to to engage. But before I do that, you mentioned demonic, and I don't know if you've seen this, but one of the suppliers for Target in this transgender clothing line is is someone who promotes Satanism. He's a Satanist, and, and is actually. Uh, one that they've engaged to provide some of this, uh, the clothing in the Target stores. Yeah, that's right. They're selling books and enamel pins on their website that says Satan would use uh, the right pronouns. And if that's not an indicator, I mean, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Several years ago, they tried to say, hey, this is about inclusivity. This is about supporting the LGBTQIA uh, alphabet mafia community. But we recognize now this is absolutely demonic at its core. And as believers, as men and women who want to follow Jesus, we have a responsibility 
responsibility at this point to say, no, you will not get my money, not for an apple, not for a gallon of milk, not for the socks that my kid just lost in the dryer or whatever it is. We need to stop supporting these institutions because what we're really doing is supporting the agenda of the yeah. adversary of our soul. You're absolutely right. So right. And I, and I hope more moms and dads will take your advice in, uh, in, and do the U-turn in the parking lot of, uh, of Target. I know you almost, it's almost like sometimes people say you vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, sometimes you've got to shop in the lesser of the evil department store. But Target is at the top of the list of of evil. I mean, they're the ones that went out in, as I said, they started back in 2016 with the uh, dressing room policies. But I don't I don't want to go down that path again. I, I do want to ask you this, Heidi. It, it does seem like people, especially on this transgender issue, because I've been at this for quite some time and it's sometimes hard to get people's attention. But on this, I do see kind of the I see people waking up. I mean, we've had 18 states that have passed laws in the last couple of years that protect minors from these experimental surgeries and chemical treatments. Uh, we see state, we see countries backing away from this. We just talked about this, European countries. Uh, and then what happened with Bud Light was, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's left them staggering. So is this, is this a, a pivotal moment that we might actually see target Hit the tank. Well, I hope so. I hope so. And I hope that they're taking a lesson from what happened to Bud Light. You know, I saw a commercial just a couple of days ago now that the Ford Motor Company come out with a truck that apparently uh, represents the homosexual agenda. Listen, they will they will begin to sit up and listen when God's people begin to vote with their wallet. When we begin to say, no, we will not support this agenda. They didn't have to put it front and center. They chose to do this. They're continuing to choose to put our children at risk. You rightly pointed out that people are starting to wake up now to the evil of the transgender movement and the stories of these young men and women that are coming out of what can only be described as a cult. Transgenderism is really its own religion at this point. And these kids that are coming out and we have done irrevocable harm. Uh, these are young women who will never uh, know what it feels like to carry a baby or nurse a young baby. This is a devastating thing that we have allowed to have happen. And honestly, it has happened on the watch of God's people. I continue to pray that pastors everywhere would have the courage of people like Jack Hibbs and begin to speak out about this from the pulpit and tell their congregants, listen, you have a choice. You have a voice. Stop giving your money to these corporations that are absolutely doing harm to our children. Heidi, we just have uh, a, a couple minutes left. As a mom of five, what would you say to moms? How do you protect your children from this? Uh, I'm going to use this, the same term because I agree with you, this demonic agenda. Well, I, well, first of all, I have five daughters and two sons. So I'm a mom of seven. I have four grandchildren now. My oldest grandson is 10. And I've been telling parents around the United States that the only answer to the bold lie of transgenderism 
is the bold truth that comes from the word of God. We need to be training our children in righteousness. Our children need to know that there are male and female because God decreed it to be so. God made us male and female. And I come uh, from a city just outside of Portland, Oregon. This is everywhere where I live. And it's so important that we inoculate our children against the lies that are permeating the culture right now. And the truth is found in the word of God, in the work and person of Jesus Christ. And when we teach our children what the truth looks like, they're more likely to be able to spot a counterfeit. And that's what we need to do as the children of God. We need to start teaching the rising generation what God says, because his word is what will stand. That is uh, so well said. I can only put an exclamation point uh, on that. Uh, Heidi, thanks so much for taking time to uh, to join us today. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Heidi St. John. And as I said, um, we'll be talking to, uh, to my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, uh, in the days ahead. But he's launching a new, uh, what they call, over-the-top OTT. It's uh, so you can get it on your smartphone, your smart device, TV uh, programming. In fact, Washington Watch will be on that, uh, and as will Heidi's show. So uh, I'll have more details for you about that uh, in the days ahead. And I do want to encourage you to, to, to really, really consider how you spend your money, given where things are and what we're up against and how we're fueling those who work against the things that we believe and are trying to indoctrinate our children. I, I, I do believe we have a responsibility before God as to how we spend our money and whether it facilitates righteousness or unrighteousness. And I will tell you that Target is all in for unrighteousness. And do you really want to be a part of that? I don't. Not at all. Well, folks, thanks so much for uh, joining us. I hope you'll tune in tomorrow. Lord willing, we'll be here. Until then, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.